0: Hello everybody, I'm Mr. Brown and this is my good friend Patrick Mori. He's here with me today. We're going to be teaching a whole lesson today. and Trying something a little bit different. I'm trying to go a little bit longer than my normal 5 minute videos. So we want to talk about these things a little bit further. I also have Master Ugwe over here. Who is, you know, you guys know Master Ugwe, He's my other videos. Uh, but, he, uh, we're going to let him wander a little bit because he likes to patrol the classroom and make sure there's no neer do You know, neer do are all over the place these days. I also have an octopus, but that's probably not necessary, and a oh. chicken. Oh. So. Just really not necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going from necessary to less necessary to even less necessary. This is true. Yes, least. So anyways, today we're going to be talking a little bit about um, um, base of power when it comes to children and working with children. I teach a relationship class and child development classes and also parenting classes to parents. And so I want to go a little bit longer and go a little little bit more in depth with base of power and how that works also. So my good friend Patrick teaches next door over here, as I said, and uh, he's also a parent as well. Do you want to tell everybody a little bit about your uh, family?
1: Sure. So
0: um, I have three beautiful children.
1: Um, I have a freshman, a sixth grader, and a first grader. So I have one in elementary, middle, and high school. And uh, two of them have um, spectrum type disorders. Uh, and they're very open about it. And uh, it makes, hopefully it makes me a better parent to work with them on a daily basis and hopefully uh, all the kids that I work with in my classroom. I teach uh, high school broadcast journalism.
0: Awesome. Thank you very much. I know oh, to- yeah. I'm also married to the most beautiful woman on the planet. I might be biased. <laughs> awesome. So, uh, I haven't told you a little bit about my family yet, so let me tell you what's going on here. I've, got, uh, I've been married for uh, 27 years now, and my wife and I have six children. Uh, we do have uh, a couple kids on the spectrum and neurodivergence. We've got uh, um, uh, um, autism and ADHD, and uh, some more of the neurotypicals also as well. So we've got the, the full spectrum going on here. But today we're going to talk about things that kind of have to do with all children and things that help. So one of the biggest questions is that most parents have is how do I? Um, what power do I have to help teach my kids? To help them to learn the stuff that they need to learn. And we're going to talk about two different types of power with a base of power here. We're going to be talking about uh, a positive base of power and a negative base of power. Or the light side <laughs> and the dark. Yeah, or as Mr. Morgan and I like to call, the light side and the dark side. So yeah. we're a little bit of uh, Star Wars fans also. So. <laughs> so, I,
1: I don't know how you could tell.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I can't. You can't tell that at all. Very good. That's uh, so why I forgot about my uh, lightsaber chopsticks here. I had a student who gave these to me today, so in case you need one of these, here's one over here. There's, oh, yeah. There we go. You never know when <laughs> there. It's not working now. I'll have to fix it later. Alright, so, anyways. Um, <laughs> Alright. Right, so, our first thing is. Oh, mine didn't work. It wasn't working a second ago. Okay. Right. User error. So, Good thing we use the, the red lightsaber also, because we're going to talk about dark side powers first. Which is has to do with controllers and fear, condition love, and manipulation. Yes, exactly. Uh, let me get my other ones over here work. Okay. So, this one works. So, we're on dark side here, so I'll use the red lightsaber here. So, let's talk just for a second about using fear as a way to control children. Um, so uh, i think uh, all parents it sometimes ends up using this because of uh, oftentimes when when uh, we lose our temper or things like that it oftentimes turns to fear and uh, the problem with fear is that it oftentimes has negative side effects to it anything you want to talk about with fear at all because i'm the parent and i said so <laughs> exactly so i think
1: you know there's no easy way to be a parent there's going to be times when your kids, as much as you love them and as awesome they are, are going to be working your last nerve. Yeah. And uh, I think this is occasionally something that happens to all parents where you're like, you better do what I'm saying or, you know, you lose all privileges, you know, go to timeout. Whatever the uh, negative consequence might be to, inst- like, to get your kid to toe the line. Yeah. But at the same time, that's not what you want to do all the time yeah it's usually a last resort and it's really not as effective as we hope it would be
0: yeah uh, and there is a place for fear occasionally um, the problem is if you use fear or conditional or manipulation all the time and typically we want to stay away from manipulation and conditional all the time but if you if you use them all the time then they start they have some pretty serious negative consequences that go along with it
1: I so, heard that fear leads
0: to anger yes and anger leads to hate. <laughs> hate leads to suffering. And that leads to online streaming. I'm just kidding. Yes, exactly. So uh, let's talk about some of the negative consequences that kind of go along with this. Um, so first of all, one of the things is has to do with motivation. For instance, uh, there's extrinsic and intrinsic motivation. So um, uh, extrinsic is pretty simple. It comes from external things, whereas intrinsic is internal. So. Any thoughts you have about extrinsic or intrinsic? Like, which do we typically want to go with there?
1: Well, extrinsic would be the, the fear base sometimes. Like you're like trying to control them from the outside where, you know, the, the goal in parenting, and I steal this from a good friend who, if she sees this, knows who she is. Uh, the goal of all parents, I think is to raise people that are Functional and in the words of my friend that don't suck right Um, and the way that works is they intrinsically are Okay with who they are and are looking for positive ways to move their life forward They're motivated to be better people because they want to be better people not because someone's forcing them to be better
0: Yeah, so um uh, and, and for those of you who are listening to this and not actually watching this on video, I have uh, some of the slides up here that are kind of changing the way we talk about some of these things here. Uh, so the intrinsic motivation, as uh, Patrick was talking about here, is, comes from an internal desire to succeed. And we typically want kids to have that, that instead of the extrinsic. Because have you ever seen people uh, who grew up with entirely extrinsic forms of motivation? What tends to happen with them? Well, the first minute
1: they're on their own, they they go a little like how do I say this? You ever seen Disney stars that like were so innocent when they were starting off with the Mickey Mouse Club, <laughs> and then they hit like teenage years and just go bonkers, insane. That's usually what happens with your uh, totally extrinsic because they're guided and they're they're forced to do things. When they can make their own choices, they go a little crazy and oftentimes will make poor choice poor choices just to rebel because from what, you know, they've, they've been taught all those years. So yeah, you really want intrinsic so that they're making their own decisions early on. And therefore when real adulthood, adulting comes along, they make
0: more positive life choices. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the biggest problems with using extrinsic motivation like punishments or even rewards, which we'll get to in another podcast. But um, is that, that with extrinsic, as soon as the external source is gone, like the parent, then they no longer have that desire to do well. And so they oftentimes don't do as well on their own. So our goal as parents actually is to, in a sense, work ourselves out of a job. We want our kids to uh, be able to eventually not need us to tell them what to do. We're like training wheels. Eventually they got to kick you off. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, hopefully they still want us around, but we won't need that for um, punishments or anything like that. I still want you around, Jeff. Oh, Just I saying. appreciate that. So when all my kids are gone, we'll still be doing Star Wars stuff. And dorky. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Okay. So, and then, um, uh, another problem with uh, dark side powers is it oftentimes changes the way kids see themselves. So a controller oftentimes says, uh, and again, I have this on the screen there for those of you who are listening, says, I will love you, uh, I'll give you love, affection, and kindness if you live up to my standards. If you do what I want, then I will show you the love that you need. And so then kids oftentimes start it starts changing the way they see themselves also. thoughts you have about that well the it's the
1: kind of person that's always seeking affirmation like we said extrinsically from outside themselves is because they've been exposed to this kind of thought mentality in their lives like they they feel like they don't earn anything on their own that they have no self-worth on their own as i guess that would be okay to say that they have to like do what the other person says in order to get love and affection. That's why so many how do I say this tactfully teenage dating relationships end up in like flaming balls of disaster.
0: Yes. <laughs> because well, you and I have both seen a lot of those kind yes. of relationships. Teaching in high school, there's all kinds of kids who go for people to give them external validation, and they end up with the wrong people. So yep. Swing and a miss. <laughs> So yeah, we want kids to learn that their value does not come from doing certain things or from performing in certain ways or getting certain grades, that their value comes from From internally that they are valuable just in and of themselves, and that gives kids more confidence to actually perform better. And and, and see, the thing is, is oftentimes this ends up doing the exact opposite we want because it actually decreases performance, which we'll talk about here in a little bit also. So, all right. So this is uh, so we talked a little about fear. This is conditional love, uh, where you say I will give love, affection, kindness if you live up to my standards. So, um, the other thing is oftentimes parents. Uh, without meaning to, sometimes we like to use conditional love as a way to manipulate our kids into feeling like they need to do stuff for us. We may stuff say stuff like, "After all I've done for you as a parent, and you're not even going to do the dishes." So, <laughs> that <ever sounds> funny. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I think I've done that too, also uh but what we're oftentimes trying to do is use guilt as a way to motivate them and a film form of obligation that they feel obligated or guilty to do that so any thoughts on any issues that might cause down the road
1: um well like i said there's certain times that all parents fall into these traps i felt (laughs) with that exact the dishes one i I (laughs) don't know exact one of that where uh not exactly those (coughs) words but uh you know you're part of this family if you don't want to do the dishes then I don't want to make dinner
0: <laughs> uh, well yeah and that's okay also it's good for them to know there's some reciprocity in the family as well so there's nothing wrong with that as long as that isn't like the whole way we do that all the time yeah so. that, that can't be your go-to yeah
1: um, because then once again you it kind of creates codependency at a young age in children like what do I you mean by that like, unhealthy relationships usually use control. They they want to control the other individual in the relationship. Um, and this can start with, you know, childhood, if you're not careful, like they'll get into that mode where you're either trying to control other people or you're setting example for your kids and then they try to control other people. I don't know. It's just, that's not a healthy way of looking at the world either, Of like trying to control those around you in any way. Or, you're not going to form healthy attachments, healthy relationships,
0: uh, ever. And that's sad. Yeah, I think we've all seen childhood relationships like that where one tries to guilt the other person into doing stuff for them. Or you might have somebody, uh, a child, go off and like pout, waiting for other people to go recon- uh, rescue them and say, uh, okay, we'll do what you want now because you're sad. And uh, that. Uh, Leads to friendships, oftentimes feeling obligated and stuff like that. So, all right, very good. So, uh, let's talk about some of the other um, side effects that happen from using fear, from using conditional love. Is um, for those of you again who are listening, let me. Uh, sh- uh, I'm gonna show a video and you'll be able to hear that, is uh, there's a game called Perfection uh, that comes from um, a lot of us when we were kids, there's this game called Perfection where if you put the shapes in enough time, then you win the game before it pops out and all the shapes pop out all over the place. And so that's the game. It's perfection. And what they did in this experiment on brain games, uh, one of my favorite shows, is they um, uh, have uh, two different sets of people. With one set of the people, is uh, they've got a guy who's um, negatively reinforcing and reinforcing them by telling them that they need to be faster. Well, I'll, let me let me show you how that sounds like here. In you okay. could do this better with my feet. I'm trying did you fail shapes in kindergarten? Not that one. It'd be
1: worse if I was over here.
0: Would that be more distracting? You remind me of my father. throw you off? Okay, so that was the negative side. And you heard the one guy said, you remind me of my father. <coughs> Unfortunately, too many people have that in their minds of what their parents is, that they were always telling them that they weren't good enough, that they need to do better. And a lot of parents think that that is actually motivating. Um, I know some uh, that there have been their coaches like that Uh, have you seen that before in different settings yeah and unfortunately like in some ways
1: our society will reward that sort of behavior because they view it as sometimes like being disciplined yeah and it just it, it creates a subset of youth growing up that instead of being disciplined like Don't have that internal discipline themselves. Yeah. And so I don't know. I'm not a fan of that. And I I used to coach wrestling um, uh, here at Rampart. I stopped when my daughter was born. But uh, the coach I worked with is an example. Um, Fantastic. I'll say his name because he won't care. Uh, his name was Casey Bartels. He was one of the most fantastic coaches I've ever loved Casey Bartels yep Casey Bartels yeah uh, I ever worked with because he viewed sports as a way to help teach that internal discipline and so um, rather than just like continually yelling or creating a sense of fear amongst his athletes, I think his athletes loved him because he taught them to do things right um, just for the 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 joy comes from like actually doing things well and being proud of what you're done what you've done afterwards and uh, but I can tell you having seen many a different coach at like uh, and also I teach sports broadcasting, sports broadcasting yeah. so he sees lots of coaches I see lots of coaches there's 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 two very distinct mentalities uh, amongst coaches and they almost always fall under one or the other um, so if you have a Kid doing a sport. Hopefully their coach is one of the one of the good ones.
0: So. <laughs> Have you seen like uh, differences in performance levels based on this these two different things you've seen at all? Or yeah,
1: I mean I've seen kids that are underneath the two of a kind of a totalitarian type of fair based fair mm-hmm. based uh, coach that go all the way to state, and then when they win it, they don't know what to do with themselves.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And then if they don't win it. Their entire view of their self is destroyed yeah. because they put all their desire into. And then, um, don't get me wrong, the spirit of competition is actually a great motivator, but um, if you are judging yourself by how well you do in sports, it's a very
0: um, small indicator of how you will do it in the rest of life. And then uh, as you mentioned about uh, um, our good friend Casey, um, there are a lot of coaches out there who do, uh, I remember my coach actually from high school for cross country, uh, he was that way as well, he was very based on, on uh, inspiration, uh, I did not fear him at all, I could always go to him when I needed to, and yet he always made me want to run harder and faster. I remember one of my favorite, uh, um, uh, uh, the, the race that I actually ran the fastest in, is still my PR, actually, <laughs> never got better after that, um, <coughs> was uh, down in Pueblo, Colorado here. And uh, he uh, started running alongside me. I have about a mile left. I was almost totally out of energy. Didn't think I was gonna make it. He started running alongside me saying, you can do this, you can do this, you know you can do this. And just knowing that he believed in me gave me the strength to not only keep going, but actually run even faster. And I was able to push it all the way to the end. And uh, it's that kind of thing is, is is far more effective than the fear-based, which uh, let me show you the next part here, which uh, on the perfection game, where they switch it and they have a uh, the same guy, but being much more gentle and kind. All right, you're off to a great start. You got this, no problem. You're doing great. All you're gonna do is breathe. All right, don't worry, don't stress. You got plenty of time. So when I got out of cross country, my coach's influence um, continued far beyond that. Whereas with the fear-based training, oftentimes that leads to negative things that oftentimes we can't get rid of. For instance, a lot of kids use fear-based on themselves when they're thinking about uh, their achievements also. Have you ever seen that yourself? Yeah,
1: well, I'm like I said, the the athletes I Saw or you know, competed against that their self worth was determined by whether they won or lost. Yeah, and as soon as you lost, you're just devastated. Whereas the kids that benefit from a coach that's saying, you know, take loss as a lesson on how to improve and be better. And honestly, that's that's life that's a life skill that I think a lot of youth today lack, and I wish they would all. It's that resilience, like, uh, to quote really. Like, uh, totally dorky. Um, it's what we
0: do. Yeah, it's what we do. Like, Batman
1: <laughs> uh, begins. Yeah. The, when you know, we fall, Master Bruce. Yeah, yeah. What do we do when we fall, Master Bruce? And it's the people that know that a fall is merely a lesson on how to be a better person later on, when you get back up. So, I
0: love that scene and that quote. You're welcome. Yes. So, yeah, um, and a lot of kids grow up with that internal voice of the mean Ben here which is that uh you're not good enough you're not uh why did you do that why are you so stupid and um and even kids who grow up with uh parents who aren't like that might still have that because they've uh uh, uh, learned certain perfectionistic things so one thing i like to say to parents also is that make sure you're modeling this also for your kids Uh, i mean modeling not to do that so don't say to yourself that I'm a stupid, I'm an idiot, or call yourself Silencio names and things like Bruno. that. Yeah, uh, because the fact is, is they watch Luca. what we do and... Uh, <laughs> Silencio Bruno. I actually haven't seen that one. I still need to see that.
1: So. Oh, uh, there's a character in it that uh, yeah. is encouraging the other character to try new things. Uh-huh. And whenever he does, whenever he sees the other kid like in his head, uh-huh. doing that negative self-talk, he yeah. says, you have to tell that Silencio Bruno. Which is another reason why we have the theory that Disney hates all people named Bruno. (laughs) Because there's Silencio Bruno, we don't talk about about Bruno, there's the name of the cat in Cinderella, the jerk cat is Bruno.
0: Oh, I totally forgot about that cat. Just saying. That was a jerk cat. It was a jerk cat. Which is sad because a lot of cats are not like Bruno. It's true. I have a cat myself. Yes. Not like Bruno. stereotypes. (laughs) Anyways, uh, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a future podcast about learning how to not be a controller to yourself. But it's important because uh, I've talked with some people who are like, well, I'm not like that way with anybody else, but I'm just like that with yourself. Well, that's not good either. For the same reasons, what they found is the difference between the two groups with the perfection game <coughs> is that most of them were, were, were successful with the guy being gentle and encouraging, where they were not successful with the guy uh, calling them stupid behind the scenes. It just actually makes your performance worse. And so being that kind of coach, doing that to yourself, being that kind of teacher, being that kind of parent, you're actually decreasing your ch- your child's chances for success. So, Which I know you've seen a lot of both um, watching and seeing a lot of things. And we see that as teachers too sometimes as well, is that some uh, teachers will use a more encouraging type of thing and others use more of a fear-based type of thing. So.
1: And just, I mean, go back in your own head. Everyone's probably got a, someone that affected your life in a great way, a teacher, a mentor, think about how they did it. In almost every case that I can think of, it was not through fear.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, kids who are in a fear-based classroom are typically just trying to survive it rather than be changed by it, so. All right, let's take a look at uh, a couple more things here. Whoops uh, already did that, so we gotta continue here, so. Uh, Speaking of using fear, um, uh, I wanted to show you a scene from Tangled, uh, or listen to it, um, where Mother Gothel, uh, she uses a different type of control, which is more like manipulation, okay? She uh, doesn't use uh, a fear inspired of herself, but she uses things like uh, fear of the outside world and also lots of passive aggressiveness to try and... uh, um, Public master. Exactly. Try and inspire fear in Rapunzel. So...
1: Ah! Ryan, thugs, poison ivy, quicksand, cannibals and snakes, <gasps> the plagues, oh, yes. also large bugs, ah! men with pointy teeth, and stop no more, you'll just
0: upset me. In any case here, uh, her use of fear is not directed towards herself, but trying to make her fear the outside world. Now, why is that probably not good either? you want I mean
1: it's kind of our goal as teachers is the same goal as parents you want to raise an independent thinker that can deal with a variety of different things that life throws at them because life is nothing but change and, and getting curveballs all the time you know yes and if they're totally afraid if they're paralyzed by fear of the outside world they'll never succeed on their own you want to have someone that can independently problem solve and think their way around different issues and, let's face it, be happy in life. And that's only going to work
0: if they're not
1: living in fear.
0: Yeah. So, um, for instance, uh, I, I teach a living on your own class, and these, let me tell you, these kids are already afraid of going out and living on their own. <laughs> so it doesn't help when parents are like, you'll never make it, you'll never be able to do it. And I have kids who actually tell me that they've had parents uh, tell them that that you'll never be able to make it, you don't work hard enough, you're too lazy, or too doing all these things. And in some cases, kids might not have the skills, but you telling them that is actually gonna make things worse and not actually gonna help. So you have to be very careful because we're trying to inspire them to want to do better rather than to uh, fear them into it. I don't think that's a real word, but we'll go with it. Eh. Mark Twain invented words. Yes, we're totally like Mark Twain. All right, let me show you the next scene also. Shakespeare. Yeah, Sorry. where um, where Mother Gothel not only gets her afraid of the outside world, but afraid of her own abilities as well.
1: Mother knows best, take it from your mumsy, on your own you won't survive. Sloppy, underdressed, immature, clumsy, please, they'll eat you up alive. <laughs> Gullible, naive, positively grubby, ditzy, and a bit, well, hmm, Plus I believe
0: Getting kind of chubby
1: I'm just saying Cause
0: I love you So there's kind of a reason why Mother Gothel Is one of the more hated villains in Disney <laughs> Shirt move So does that like erase all of that stuff When she says look I'm telling you all this stuff Because I love you Is that going to erase all the harmful things she just said No Yeah So the thing is, is she's trying to tear her down, and and, uh, partly is she's trying to make Rapunzel dependent on Mother Gothel, so that she feels like she has to stay with her all the time. And again, our job as parents is not to get uh, kids to be dependent on us. We want them to learn how to be independent, which means they need to learn to be confident. And telling kids that you're sloppy, you're undressed, you're lazy, all that kind of stuff, which I hear. Again, some students tell me their parents do that all the time, Then they're going to get worse, not better. So I'm sure you've heard that from students from time to time. I have. (coughs) I mean... Should we we call certain people out? No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, uh, you never know exactly, because as teachers, I mean, sure, teens exaggerate things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't always, (coughs) Yeah. And I and I kind of think to myself like, huh? What do my kids say about me when I'm not around? But, um, they say you're awesome. I'd like to think that, but always uh, kids. <laughs> in in my head, you know, they they still think I'm cool. But uh, the, the reality of it is, everyone comes from a different background. Everyone's got a different family life, a different uh, perspective on things. It's just we need to do our best to not like tear our kids down but at the same time like you know encourage them to grow because they're not going to have those skills at the beginning and they need to get some that only happens through learning to be independent
0: yeah that takes some confidence and you're right um everybody comes from different backgrounds and a lot of parents who who do this kind of thing uh, oftentimes grew up in households just like that um, but you kind of have to come to a point where you realize, look, I grew up with this, but I don't want my kids to experience the same thing. And I've talked with a lot of parents who've made that decision. It takes a lot of extra work to change what you grew up with, but it's well worth it, even if you... We all backslide from time to time. But we all... Uh, I, I sometimes fall into using some of these things of fear, conditional love, or guilt, especially when I'm not doing well mentally myself, which we'll talk more about here in the future as well. Uh-huh.
1: When she said, you know, I do this because I love you, I was like, oh. I had a conversation with my younger one the other day.
0: <coughs> Sorry.
1: You to learn to clean up a little after yourself, you know, you know, you like, you're, ch- you're chastising
0: by the end, like, but I love you, and then I was like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, like, like I said, we all do this kind of stuff. I've known the best of parents. I uh, do this from time to time also, and, and telling your kids you love them after you test, that's not necessarily bad. I think the, the problem with Mother Gothel here is that she, uh, first of all, she, we all know she doesn't really love her, and that she's using that as a manipulation. And the other thing is, after tearing her down so horribly, that the I love you is really almost just... Uh, an empty frame. An empty very. All right. So the second clip here from Tangled, I want to talk about how not only does she use fear of the outside world, but also fear of her own abilities to try and control Rapunzel and make Rapunzel dependent upon her, which is what she's really trying to do here.
1: From your
0: so uh that last part right there where she says I'm just saying this because I love you what do you think about that hashtag parenting um
1: <laughs> I mean I've fallen in that trap I mean
0: but you I've, didn't do all those other things like that,
1: so no that's a big difference I mean I've chastised kids but yeah. my kids and said at the end of it you know I'm doing this because I love you I want you to know figure this out yeah but uh, I think uh, my I will put my motivation on the light side yes but uh, you know there's not It's when you're trying to create dependency as opposed to teach independence that's that's when you fall into that trap and then you're just being manipulative
0: Yeah, and that's a big part of the problem here, is that she's using manipulation as a way to control. Uh, She wants her to be dependent on her because she wants to use the hair. And we know that she doesn't really love her, so that's really just a manipulation also. Because that is why she always feels guilty about leaving her, she wants to stay with her. All that was part of Mother Gothel's plan there to do that. But the real problems is when she was saying things to her like, you're chubby, you're vague, you're naive, basically calling her stupid and dumb. And that, I think, can have some real long-term consequences to that also. So, unfortunately, you and I have both worked with kids who really have no self-confidence. Sometimes kids have no self-confidence because of their own internal uh, uh, um, talking about themselves, as we talked about with the perfection thing. Uh, But sometimes they learn that from parents. And, uh, that's a good example of that. So, all right. So anyways, um, oh, uh, yeah. I wanted to ask you about, um, why does this not work? Getting kids to be af- uh, afraid, uh, so that, uh, as a motivation to try and get them to work harder,
1: well, it all comes back to that intrinsic extrinsic thing. Like you want a kid that's an independent thinker and when something goes wrong, because, I mean, let's face it, life happens, they problem solve instead of letting something stop them because they're so afraid to mess up. When in truth, they should understand that messing up is just a lesson on how to improve yourself. Yeah.
0: And uh, everybody, all kids, all adults, everybody makes mistakes. It's really just a question of whether they're going to continue on. And some kids really just don't know how to continue on. They really just they, they get paralyzed, they stop so, so and that's, again, that fear. Uh, oftentimes, if I uh, try and help them have confidence, then they can move on. It's, but, uh, yeah.
1: Batman begins.: Yes, yes. Uh, you know, Bruce's dad and the voice of Alfred, and Batman begins. you know, "Why do we fall, Bruce?" Okay, so we get back up.
0: I love that quote. I love that in the soundtrack also. Sometimes I'll listen to that and be like. Why do we fall, Master Bruce? So anyways, um, one other thing I want to mention is that I know that there's probably people listening to this thinking, oh, sure, it's all nice, well, and good to be just all kind and nicey-nice all the time, but you don't know how to parent my kids because, uh, obviously, and nobody likes to be told how to parent their kids, so that's, first of all, an issue. <laughs> but uh, the fact is, is that it is possible to be firm and kind at the same time which we'll get into more detail in a future podcast here, on a future video, as it is possible to do both of those at the same time. You don't have to say to a child, it's okay, you can go out on the street, I'll be here for you when you get hit. Um, that's not going to work really well. Hashtag parenting. <laughs> yeah, that's that. I mean, sometimes you've got to be firm, but you can do that without using fear, obligation, guilt, conditional love, all these things that we're talking about as a way to motivate them. Okay, so all right, let's continue on here. Um, which is one of the main reasons why you don't want to use. One of the main reasons why you don't want to use um, fear as a, a as a motivator is what it does to the relationship between the child and the parent and he kind of describes this here. This comes from a uh, video that was done from where I graduated from the School of Education, which is uh, Brigham Bay University. They did it out of the School of Education about fear-based parenting, fear-based teaching, and I just want to show a short clip here.
1: But perhaps the most, the, the most serious side effects,
0: in fact I refer to it as a toxic side effect, is that an individual who dispenses the punishment, who puts forth the, all those coercive things, the threats of punishment, the actual punishments, they take on, uh, um, they, they become a stimulus for punishment themselves. And so they no longer even have to yell or threaten or be physically abusive. The mere fact they walk into the room or down the hall, they, they project feelings. Of kind of an individual being uncomfortable, and then they want to avoid that individual. The person who dispenses the punishment becomes somebody who the child is just afraid to be around. You, I mean, like he said. I mean, we're not
1: perfect examples. I'm not far from perfect parent. Totally but, not uh, perfect. You know, as teachers, we often interact with kids, and and. The, some mention will be made of an authority figure. It could be a mentor, a parent, coach, whatever, in that kid's life, and their affect will change, like their whole face most of the time. Like You can kind of tell that there's some fear there, and it's just kind of sad that when that's the motivation is they're too afraid of another individual to actually try something new or different or make mistakes, any of that stuff.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I've taught a parenting class, and I asked actually a lot of the parents just recently, it was a, few, a couple of weeks ago, I said, can you think of somebody that you grew up with that you were just being around them made you nervous, worried, and afraid? And uh, most of the parents like nodded their heads like, yes, definitely. I asked my students that same question. A lot of kids have somebody they're just afraid to be around. And what that does is it actually lowers your ability to influence them which is where the real power comes from with the light side powers, right? So, we'll get to the, uh, the light side powers here in the future here, but the fact is, is your ability to influence is based on the type of trust you've got going on there. And that fear... That's why life should have a soundtrack. Yes. You
1: immediately know who the fear guy is when they walk in and the imperial march starts.
0: Yes, that would be very helpful for that's a lot of people. That's the bad guy. Definitely would help a lot of people not get into bad relationships, that's for sure. That's true. So, I always wanted to have like, my own soundtrack, just like the guy in uh, Emperor's New Groove, right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> theme song guy. <laughs> so, definitely. Oh, yeah. way it's all better. all coming together. <laughs> Love mm-hmm. that guy. Mm-hmm. Did you get your uh, autograph with him? I did. Yes. Alright, so let's talk about Comic-Con. one more. Comic <laughs> Con. We go to Comic Con. Patrick theater, Warburton. I have,
1: a, I, have a, I have a picture.
0: Um, so, in any case, uh, one more type of manipulation is oftentimes your passive-aggressiveness. And most people know somebody who's passive-aggressive, sometimes as a parent, sometimes as somebody else. Sometimes it could be your teenagers. They're really good at being passive-aggressive. That's for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's on the money right there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, nobody knows how to roll their eyes better than, uh, than uh, oh, teens, let me tell you that. Possibly preteens. teens oh, yeah. Pre-teens are probably better at that, yes. That's so, no school. So the thing is, is that teens and, and kids will oftentimes try and manipulate parents also. So it can go both ways. And, and uh, I had one student ask me, he said, do people know when they're manipulation, manipulating? I think most of the time the answer is no. Most of the times people just do what has worked for them. And manipulation uh, often works. <laughs> we can, I had one student who told me, Mr. Brown, I can get my uh, friends to do anything by manipulating them. And I'm like... Is that a good thing? (laughs) Dance, puppet master, dance. "Uh, See, the problem with that is that that, uh, you better get used to not having friends because eventually they're going to get tired of you. And she's like, yeah, probably. I probably need to learn how to stop that. Like, uh, hopefully, yeah, because manipulators oftentimes end up friendless and alone, and then they end up blaming everybody else. Like, if they would just do what I want them to, everything would be fine. But, uh, no, that's not how it works. So, passive aggressiveness is a very common type of thing. If you've ever known passive aggressive people, you don't have to call anybody out necessarily. Yeah, Jeff. Definitely oh, not me. <laughs> Definitely I'm going to do this silent treatment over here until you come over and apologize to me. Uh, we took a break there while I had to uh, go over there in the corner and sulk while Patrick came over and consoled me and then agreed to do everything I wanted him to do. That is not what happened. <laughs> All right, fine, have it your way Gosh, he's Doing more passive aggressiveness here So let me show you another example of this with uh, Tangled Welcome home, Mother Oh, Oh, Rapunzel How you manage to do that every single day without fail It looks absolutely exhausting, darling Oh, it's nothing Then I don't know why it takes so long (laughs) Oh, darling, I'm just teasing. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Mother, as you know, tomorrow is a very big day. Look in that mirror. You know what I see? I see a strong, confident, beautiful young lady.
1: (laughs) Oh, look, you're here, too. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Stop taking everything so seriously. (laughs)
0: So it's that passive-aggressive joking is one type of passive-aggressiveness, not the only type, but it's a very common type. So therefore you can pretend like you're joking by insulting them, and then if they don't get the joke because it's not funny, then you can also insult them for not having a sense of humor. So, unfortunately, (laughs) sorry, you just love to hate. uh... She's just horrible. Yeah. She's the worst. And, and I, I think one of the reasons why we hate these villains so much is uh, people like, uh, what's the one from... Umbridge. Umbridge. Umbridge yeah. just and her... I love to hate Umbridge. Is that everybody hates Umbridge like more than Voldemort, right? Because you're typically not going to come across a Voldemort uh, very often. I only... It's only been like twice for me, but uh, Umbridge... Uh, <laughs> I feel like you need to fill in a story for me, later. <clears throat> well, it all began years ago when I got my letter to Hogwarts. So, in any case, uh, um, we're more likely to come across people like Umbridge, right, or Mother Gothel. Uh, we probably had a teacher who's like that at some point, or a parent, or a, uh, um, or a tortoise. Master Igwe is totally like that sometimes. So it drives me bonkers. No, I'm just kidding, Master Igwe. So, what? You don't have a sense of humor? What the heck? anyways so uh, yeah that's why we hate this so much because it's not funny actually I tell students if they joke around that way with their their friends or each other then that's just not very funny okay so uh, you ever seen that in romantic relationships among teenagers sometimes well I, there's just there's a
1: reason most of your high school dating relationships end with a, a sad story <laughs> they're all like Many tragedies going on uh, right in front of you as teachers, like you're like, ooh, that's going to end badly, um, and it's just uh, teenagers and preteens are experimenting with what it's like to be adults, and so they experiment with interacting with each other, and sometimes, especially if this has been modeled in any way for them. Um, they'll do that and and a lot of kids try to do that humor thing like oh oh, I'm making fun of you to feel better about myself and if you can't take it that's you that's your problem and um, it really just ends up leaving a lot of those uh, everyone's got a high school dating tragedy I mean that's pretty much how they all end because sounds like
0: an interesting story
1: (laughs) I could tell you but I have to kill you
0: it all began years ago yeah Yep.
1: I was, um, I often? didn't get my letter to Hogwarts, so I wow. left the Shire well,
0: that explains a lot. to become a
1: Jedi like my father before me.
0: Oh, nice. Very nice. You're welcome. Excellent. <laughs> all right. So in any case, uh, yeah, uh, uh, as I tell my students that they're all dating somebody else's future spouse.
1: Oh, so, my dad always, always used to say, why are you spending money on someone else's future wife?
0: <laughs> I'm still
1: dealing with that emotional scar.
0: I tell my students, and they're Thanks, like, dad. that's just so weird. Like, well... Sorry, high school relationships don't often last. So in any case, and oftentimes again, because they have these unhealthy dating patterns, which is why I really actually like teaching these skills to teenagers is oftentimes they have no idea that this stuff just does not lead to good stuff. So in any case, there's a lot of adults, a lot of parents who use these kind of things sometimes because they don't know what else works. Like even good parents can do these things from time to time because they just don't know how to get their kids to do stuff in a more healthy way. Like for instance, I've had students tell me that their parents tell them, well obviously you don't love me because of the way you're acting right now. And that's a way of inducing obligation and guilt to try and get your kids to do stuff. Now, the problem is every time you use these negative emotions, fear, obligation, guilt, conditional love, all this kind of stuff, you have, they have a negative feeling around you. And the more negative feelings they have from being around you, the less they like to be around you total because then they associate you with negative feelings like we talked about earlier. So, I don't know. Did you ever know somebody from your growing up past who uh, just induced uh, negative feelings for you?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I had, um, I mean, I always did sports growing up. Uh, I had some great coaches and then I had uh, a soccer coach that was a yeller. And, uh, Like to do that sort of thing, like, if you supported the team, you'd be doing more of this and that sort of thing, like, and, uh, I just hated playing at that particular point. I don't know, like, I was scared to quit and scared to keep playing, and that's was sad because uh, I really enjoyed soccer before that, and I enjoyed soccer after that, but there was a couple years there where I was kind of miserable.
0: Yeah, and it's a lot harder to learn when we're miserable. It's harder to grow, it's harder to do all those kind of things. So, so the fact is, every time we use these negative emotions to, uh, to try and control kids, to get them to do it. Now, even though we might be doing it out of a positive desire, um, like maybe we want what's best for them. And so we want them to work harder in school. We want them to, to uh, make the right choices and stay away from bad influences. And so sometimes we use these negative emotions because they work fast. We use fear, we use conditional love, we try and get them to feel guilty, because maybe that'll keep them away from the bad things, which we want to out of love, but the fact is we're also ruining our base of power with them overall. Faster, quicker, more seductive is the dark side. <laughs> exactly, which is exactly what Yoda says, right? Is <clears throat> that uh, Luke asks him if the dark side is stronger, he says, well, it's faster and quicker. And it has faster, but the problem is, is the more you use these things, the less they work, because the less our relationship with our kids are there. So oftentimes I'll we'll have parents who are like, I yell at my kids all the time and they never hear me. I'm like, well, that's why they don't hear you. So the more you yell, the more you use fear, the more you use guilt, the more they start. you have to like up it and they start to become immune to it. And the fact is, is you're actually lessening your power over time until eventually, as we talked about earlier, kids who only have extrinsic motivation
1: Go off the deep end,
0: think a decision-wise. Yes. So we want our kids to have intrinsic motivation. So the thing is, we're going to talk more about how to use intrinsic motivation in a future podcast. We'll, uh, we'll stop here. Um, but um, the fact is, um, when you are using uh, trust and unconditional love, you can still be firm at the same time. We're not coddling kids, we're not going to make it too easy, we're not pleasing them, people pleasing them, all that stuff doesn't work either. We're not going on the one end super authoritarian and uh, Darth Vader-ish, where on the other end is we're trying to be their best friend. It's neither of those. We've got to find using trust and unconditional love in a way that is effective and good, which is what we're going to be talking about. So, Thank you very much for coming on the uh, show here. Thanks everybody for attending. Uh, Jeff Brown's classroom here, and uh, Master Uguay would uh, come and say goodbye, except for, I think I hurt his feelings when I was uh, using him as an example for being passive-aggressive. Fear. Yes. That's why you should not be using that, because tortoises are very sensitive. All right. Thank you guys very much. That's good. All right. I think, actually, that was a better second pass than the first time